What it is, what is up, what is good, gamers? This is Kevin, a.k.a. Shownuff71, and your auditory canals are tuned in to Season 5, Episode 8 of the Gaming Vessels Podcast. And as usual, I'm not in the digital studio alone. Along with me are my partners in crime. We got Dez, the Bay Area Terror. What's going on, homie? Not much. Not much as usual. Just, you know, here, ready to talk games uh, with all you, you know, fantastic folks. Um, So, yeah, thank you for tuning in and listening to us. Absolutely, absolutely. And our show would be a no-go without Trader Joe, a.k.a. the Food Max of Gaming, who will maximize your gaming dollar. Sup, brother? Not much, man. Uh, just trying to get get this bulky back in order. <laughs> so uh, I'm an old man. My back is saying, "You're old, sucker." So I'm <laughs> like uh, reaching for my dones and my ibuprofen. I'm hoping this clears <laughs> up. So. Okay. Huh. Well, for what it's worth, I'm there myself. Um, I have inherited the degenerative disc syndrome. Uh, from my from I think it's on my mother's side because my mom suffers from it bad, and I'm already starting to feel it. I've, the cartilage I can't remember what what uh, uh, <clears throat> what vertebrae are affected. Um, I haven't done a complete test, but yeah, I can I can already feel that. I'm getting up, getting out of bed, all bent over and crooked. And so I have to stand up and do stretches before I can even get get moving. I'm not even 50 yet. So (laughs) So, aside from our chiropractic chiropractic today session, hey, uh, we're going to get into what we've been playing on the playlist. So, Dez, why don't you kick things off? What have you been playing, brother? So... Excuse me, real quick. Just had to, just had to kind of shift my weight a little bit. But uh, yeah, uh, what have I been playing? Well, Monster Hunter came out, and uh, was trying to, you know, trying to do some of th- a little bit of that. But just really haven't been, you know, feeling sitting down and actually playing that. So I've been playing some other, some other games. Um, uh, started playing uh, Greedfall. Uh, that was the main game that has been taking a lot of my time right now, and. I really enjoy it. Uh, a lot of people were saying that it's like, you know, a uh, bargain basement Bethesda. <laughs> no, 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 sorry. Bargain basement um, Bioware, Bioware. they were saying, yeah. you know, because it's it's like, you know, reminiscent of, of old school Bethesda games. And it's not a bad game whatsoever. I mean, yeah, it's a little rough around the edges. The, um, the staff that put it together is only like 40 people. You know, and, and 40 people were able to pull this off. It's pretty good. Um, I've played the, um, I played the other, uh, uh, the other games. Well, the only other game that I played from them was uh, the Technomancer. And while I liked that game, I did not like the combat. The combat was too weird because you're like lunging forward at people and doing this stuff. And, and I think they really tweaked the, um, the, the combat and, and, and the combat is not bad, you know, it's, it's action oriented, you don't have to worry about, you know, your, your comrades, they go and do their own thing, and for the most part, the AI is pretty smart about keeping stuff off of you, I'm playing a magic user, 
Um, and really, it's just about getting the, the, the timing down. Now, about the actual story, there's a lot going on in the in the story. It's, you know, colonialism, you know, it's, you know, gentrification. It's all these different things that are that, that are popping up um and that's kind of you know rub people the right way and the wrong way depending on 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 where you fall in those in that camp but but i've been enjoying the story so far um and it's fantasy you know it's, it's fantasy you know and, and 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 it's been fun it, it's really been fun um it's the one game that's been kind of pulling a lot of my attention so far and and i've been really enjoying it um also been playing i picked up a game uh i picked up a game called Wreckfest. uh as joe and i you know were talking and i had um some i had some you know uh uh, uh i'd sold some games back you know and got and had some credit and i was burning a hole in my pocket <clears throat> and i was just like i think i want to try a new game so i went and i bought you know this Wreckfest game it's by a couple of people that put together that did um uh, burnout. No, it's I, not the burnout. No, it's a uh, flat out. Flat out. Sorry, sorry. Thank yeah. you for for correcting me. So it's flat out. Uh, and I thought it was which is weird though because I never played a flat out game, but I played burned out. Burnout it's extensively. I played it a lot, and so to have this you know game kind of you know pop off, I was like, oh great. So you know, for me, I don't really like traditional racing games, and I never was a fan of kart racers, but this game is really fun. You know, you, you get into a beat-up car, and you just race around, and you run into people and stuff, and, and, and it's fun. It's like, it's just, it's chaotic. It's it's all over the place, and, and, and it's fun. You get in, and and it's just a very simple, it's a very simple game. That's what I like about it. You know, it, it, it has very realistic crashing, and, you know, Joe and I basically played for, like, two hours. We had our game night, and we played for, like, two hours. It was great. Uh, quick story, though. Quick story. I did my good deed. Uh, I did my good deed for the day with this game. So, uh, GameStop was having a um, a uh, 20%. Sorry, it was a, it was 10% or $10 off the game, you know, and which made it, like, twenty nine ninety nine, which is a pretty good price uh for for like a double a game not even double a game probably it's it's an indie game and so i was just like okay so i went and i i went and i picked it up you know and i sent joe a picture of it but i had gotten the deluxe copy and so joe was like you want the deluxe copy and i was like well that's the copy that they sold me and and i was like okay and he was like well how much did you pay for it and i was just like 29.99 and he was like oh. and so we, we, he called me and I called him and I was just like, "What are you talking about?" And he's just like, "Yeah, you, you, they, they sold you the wrong one. They gave you the deluxe copy and not the, and not the, um, the the base game because the deluxe copy comes with the, um, uh, the season pass and some other stuff and some extras and shit like that." So I was just like, "Oh wow, okay, cool." But then I was just like, "You know what? You know that you know I didn't pay for this, so you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep it." You know, so I called I called GameStop, the GameStop that I went to. I called them, and I was like, hey, and it's funny, because the woman uh, was like, oh, you're the only person who's wanted this game, well, you know, and I'm like, oh, well, it's a pretty good game, so, so she remembered me when I called her, and I was like, hey, you know, um, is the, is the, is the, is the deluxe version on sale too, yada, 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 and she's just like, well, I don't know, hold on, and so she looked it up, she's like, oh my god, I actually said, I, I gave you the wrong one, and I was like, oh, okay, and she was yeah. like, 
And I was like, okay. And she was like, and I was like, well, well, like, what's, are you, like, are you going to get in trouble for doing this? And she was just like, well, like, ultimately I would love for you to bring it back, but I can't force you to do that. But I'm the manager, so it'll just be between us, and I'll just make it disappear. And I was like, uh, well, I want you to have to do all that. So I said, it's fine, I'll bring it back. And she's like, really? And I was like, yeah, it's, I didn't I didn't pay for this, it's fine. So, so you know, like, I, I, you know, I was playing it, you know, I was playing it. And so I, was, so I took it out of the PS4, or put it back in the thing, and I told Joe... Because we were on a party chat, and I told Joe, I'll, I'll, I'll be back in a minute. And he was like, okay, you're really going to take it back now? And I was like, yeah, let's get it done. So it took 30 minutes, and I just drove over, gave it back. And they gave me a whole bunch of, like, free Funko stuff. And they're like, oh, my God, thank you so much. You have a heart of gold. Ah. And I was just like, and I was like, well, I didn't. And Joe was like, don't, don't, uh, uh, don't redeem the, the season pass. And I was like, well, of course not. I'm not going to do that. And so I told him I didn't do that. And they were like, oh, of course you didn't, because you have a heart of gold. Oh, Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And they were just so like ecstatic that I actually brought it back. And I was just like, and I'm thinking to myself, Jesus, you know, like, is like GameStop like corporate overlords? Like, are you gonna have to like give blood because you accidentally gave someone a like? I was really like taken aback by it. I was like, I was. They just, probably would have. Yeah. Right. And I was just like, <laughs> this is scary. Like y'all are scaring me because they were just like everyone, like all the employees were just like super happy and was like, oh my god, thank you so much for bringing this back. Oh my god. And they're like, like this is all the stuff we could find. Do you want any more? And I'm like, no, this is fine. I don't need anything else. I wouldn't do it for that. So I got the game and 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 came back. And I guess they were a prestige store too. And I guess I guess maybe that was part of it because maybe their prestige would have would have went down if a game went missing or something i don't know i can only speculate but it was just really like like so i felt good for doing it you know i was like okay whatever and i came back and my experience has not been any different so but i just was like okay you know it's all good we're all like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna you know be an asshole you know it was a mistake here you go so but Oh, you you did a good thing, and you got rewarded with Funko Pops, which are you know obviously in quite great quantity at every GameStop ever. So yeah, I mean it wasn't about whatever. Like if they'd have gave me nothing, I'd have been fine with it. So I was just I just wanted to give them trouble because like I've heard horror stories about GameStop, and and I'm sure you know you listeners have heard horror stories too. So, ugh, so. Uh, not uh, so that's what quotas, I've been playing. So, so Kev, what have you been playing? Uh, for me, it's been a lot of Monster Hunter. Uh, for the record, Barioth can die in a fire. <laughs> is a saber tooth, ice ball chucking son of a whatever. I can't stand that sob. Um. So yeah, I've been playing a lot of Monster Hunter. So you're not uh, a fan, huh? <laughs> yeah, and it it hasn't been going well. I I don't uh, you know I guess that since Iceborne is supposed to be world's version of G rank I've never played a G rank Monster Hunter game, but Barioth shows up at a point where I feel it's too early. Like uh, mm. he is the third new monster or the third the third monster I fought, and I guess he's supposed to be that skills check, and he's oh he's a sob. I I I kind of I understand I know what his move set is now since I've he's killed me so many times, but even when you even when you block, uh, he does chip damage, and I don't have any uh, master rank gear uh, that has guard up has the guard up skill, 
so I'm kind of stuck in that in that catch twenty two right now. He's not chipping me to death. He's straight up killing me because uh, I'm using the charge blade, so my guard point blocking which you kind of sort of have to do, especially if you don't have a uh, guard up skill or high defense because he, his moves, his moves are so wide spreading and it, they're almost like area effect moves, even though he's a straight up melee monster um, uh, outside of his, uh, his uh, ice ball chucking the, it, 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 I, I think he's. I think it's a skill check that came way too soon because I fought the, uh, oh, what the moose-headed thing, and that was okay. I fought the viper kadachi, and it wasn't too bad. I actually fought a viper kadachi and, um, oh gosh, what's the other one? The uh, the the monster rank version of the what looks like a spiked caterpillar with that mm. big stone chin. I can't remember his name, but I fought both of those in the, at the same time. So, and I was able to defeat them pretty, pretty, pretty easily. So I, I don't think I, I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm the world's best monster hunter player. I'm not, but I, I do. Okay. And most of this game, most of the main game I played solo. So Barioth is just a, uh, He's sob. I, I I don't have any other any other ways to do it. I mean, I he's this is how bad it is. The 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 subspecies of the Anginath, which has like electric bites and spits acid. Um, I was actually in pursuit of Berioth when that thing showed up, and it it got to a point where you know what? I'll just fight this damn thing. Because I, I'll at least I'll hopefully maybe I'll get some <laughs> I'll get some gear out of it. Yeesh. And so I fought I fought that, but then Barioth shows back up and he chases the the the, the subspecies Angie away. So I'm I'm stuck with him, and of course he kills me. So yeah, so uh, Barioth is a pos, uh, and I hate him to death. Okay. <laughs> wow understood yeah so um other than that i've been i started the gears 5 campaign uh when i say started i mean like i downloaded the game and i played the boot camp session and when i finished the boot camp session the campaign was still downloading so i, <laughs> I really can't say too much about wow. it <laughs> I just did. They, they they run you through this. You play as uh, one of the new meatheads, uh, one of the characters I didn't particularly care for from Gears Four uh, in in the boot camp. So you run through the basics. They show you some of the things have changed, like uh, the um, the Lancer uh, saw buzz saw blade at the you know to you know, do the melee kill has been assigned a new button which kind of sort of makes a little bit more sense the when it was on the face buttons it seemed uh kind of case sensitive and i would i could never get those those kills those uh melee kills going so i'm kind of that was a a a change that i thought was needed um graphically the game looks pretty the 
the, I really can't get a, a taste for the for the whole game because again, it was just a boot camp, which is like a, you're in a Baird is like this tech guru, uh, and he's built like this uh, this training facility where these big old giant steel uh, platforms just kind of drop out of the sky. And he sets you up on this uh, training thing because he's trying to put add cog data to the uh, robots that he's got for defending the defending the main defending the bases. So you're kind of helping him out with that, and you just go to the basics. You know how to take cover, uh, how to grab people out of cover. There's a I, I can't remember if this was in Gears Four, but there's a some, when you're behind cover and an enemy's coming up from in front of you and they're about to kick you from behind cover um, from the opposite side, there's a counter that you can do uh, that that's that's pretty neat. But you know it's a, it's a gears ass game from from what little I can I, I played. Uh, my issue with Gears four was that I just didn't like the new people that they had very much. so. Uh, Kate was the least annoying of the new group, so and and Gears Five focuses on her story. So, hopefully, uh, there there'll be something interesting uh, with regards to the to the narrative in Gears Five that I'll be able to take away. Um, it, you know, I I like Gears. It's probably um, thinking of Xbox franchises or first party in-house studio franchises gears is probably my favorite one uh, in the grand scheme of things that's not really saying a whole lot but i like it better than halo um so uh, and i thoroughly enjoyed the first three so we'll see what this one has so we'll see what this one does um other than that i've been playing some river city girls and i love that game it's, yeah, i almost uh, bought it I almost bought it. I was thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, the, the only thing, the thing, I think the biggest hindrance to River City Girls is its price point. And uh, yep. I get <laughs> I get why it's kind of set there. You know, I'm, I, I don't think WayForward's that big of a studio. And they know that the people that are really into this game are going to buy it. Or into this style of game are probably going to buy it. So I, I get the the price point. And there's a lot of... There's, there was a lot of work and a lot of passion went into this title. I, I, I you, you can tell right from the uh, splash screen, but the <laughs> I like the odes to Double Dragon. I didn't know this, but I guess Way Forward has the license to Double Dragon right now. I was listening to a uh, a Twitch. Uh, well, I was watching a Twitch stream uh, with one of the. Uh, leads for the project and he was talking about how they had uh, acquired the the characters for a double dragon and i won't spoil it but there is a boss fight that you do with a uh double dragon throwback that is just pretty epic so <laughs> uh the amount of fan service uh that went into river city girls is just absolutely off the charts the combat is top notch. The just the whole overall aesthetic of the game is just fantastic. So if you like beat 'em ups at all, it's a it's a steep asking price because I was talking about this with a, a buddy of mine 
who also likes beat em ups and he was like man i really want to get this game but you know 30 bucks is a little pricey for for this and i agree it is pricey particularly when you can't do online uh play exactly but it's um for me i i consider it money well spent but beat em ups is my favorite genre as well so uh for me this was an easy decision for a lot of other people i can see how this uh can be will folks will probably want to wait till it goes on sale or maybe it'll be part of playstation plus or one of the other platforms that the game is on uh for super cheap so i get it i understand the reluctance behind buying it at its current price point but um it is so much fun (laughs) well I think I talked about last week, but uh, it's still open for physical pre-order at limited run right now, and the limited run physical release is uh, additional five bucks. So it's thirty-four ninety-nine for a physical copy of the game with instruction booklet and the whole shot. So, plus obviously you have to pay shipping on top. So you figure between the five bucks and five bucks for shipping, you're spending an extra ten bucks to get a physical copy on there. So. Mm. So keep that in mind. I am going to buy the physical copy for that. Uh, they have an open pre-order for that and also the uh, next um, Azure Striker Gunbolt game uh, from um, NT Creates. also yeah. on an open pre-order uh, at limited run right now. In fact, both of those are going to be concluding their pre-order run like towards the end of the month on that. So if you, if you are interested... Definitely uh, look into it. Uh, it's something I'm gonna definitely sign up for, and uh, you know, get a physical copy for a little bit more. It's not too bad of a price difference. So, and the the audio, the uh, the music that they have for this game, it, I talked about it last week, so I won't go into a, too much here. But it, it's fan. It fits the motif and the aesthetic of this game so well. I don't. I can't remember the name of the band that they got to do the uh, soundtrack, but it's great. It, it, it's like this, uh, I don't know, like this. I, I, I want to say it's an all-girl band, but I could be wrong. I know the lead singer is a woman is doing the lead, and it's all kind of kind of rocky, kind of has like that 80s Valley Girl, uh, big hair kind of, kind of thing to it. it. It's It just just fits that whole game perfectly. So uh, really, to be perfectly honest, uh, River City Girls is probably going to be in my running for ga- for game of the year. It, it's, wow. it's, okay. it's that yeah. I think it's that good. And I know that's a, it's a very niche and it appeals to a very niche bracket of gamers. But uh, for me, this game just like hits all the right buttons. <laughs> so, so I've been having a lot of fun with it. So, But the, that's been my gaming week. So Trader Joe, why don't you tell the folks what you've been gaming? Uh, not too much. Uh, just to throw another aside for River City Girls, if you do get the physical version, each physical version comes with a physical CD soundtrack of the entire original soundtrack with the game as well. So mm-hmm. throw that on there. A- add the dollop of cream and the cherry on top. So. <laughs> Uh, as far as the games I've been playing this week, uh, just like Desmond, I'm kind of like, you know, I want to get into Iceborne. I've been really waiting to play Iceborne, but guess what? I'm not playing Iceborne so <laughs> on that. Um, pretty much, uh, I've been watching a lot of baseball this week. Uh, my team did clinch 
on there. So, but what that basically does is when I get home, instead of like doing the things I need to do and then gaming, I'm like doing the things I do and watching baseball <laughs> instead. So by the time it's time to play games after doing what I need to do around the house, I wound up uh, just having like a good hour, maybe, um, you know, half an hour for gaming on that. So I've been, uh, Punching through the Borderlands DLC, so I finished Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon's Keep, and uh, I was going to just say, oh, screw it, I'm going to play the uh, DLC, the um, bridge between uh, Borderlands 2 and 3, but uh, uh, there is a, another DLC entitled Hammerlock's Big Game Hunt that I'm playing around with right now, and this is kind of f- fun because it's like throwing all sorts of weird uh, like uh, fan- fantasy type creatures into the mix. It's like 1930s, like pulpy, like witch doctors and, uh, you know, strange creatures and, you know, giant humongous spiders and all sorts of other stuff. And so, you know, it's more Borderlands, but it's helping me level too. And I'll probably do the uh, Commander Lilith and the Fight for Sanctuary DLC after this. Uh, now, I do need to fire up my Borderlands 3 game eventually because there's a bunch of uh pre-order guns and stuff i'll be able to queue up by doing that so so i'm looking forward to grabbing that but uh iceborne's on the docket soon i'm going to be joining your frustration more than likely kevin so we'll see what happens with all that business uh, once i get up to that uh you know be able to get the gumption up get a couple hours to play some monster hunter at least so and then I've uh, been portably 3DS. I've been playing uh, Dragon Quest Eight. It's been like my go-to, go-to RPG for the, like the last two years. <laughs> so, but I'm definitely investing more time into it, and uh, definitely uh, getting some of the side quests and some of the later part portions of the game done. So, uh, you know, it's a thing where I could play 3DS at work. I've been bringing it to work with me. It's like. Like my pseudo switch, you know, that switch light looks quite nice, but uh, I'm pretty happy with my 3DS at the moment. So, and that's pretty much been all the gaming I've been up to this week. So, well, all right. Oh, well, oh, oh, let me let me throw aside. I forgot about the discussion on Wreckfest. I didn't pipe in enough. I know you just bought the game, Kevin, but one thing I was kind of surprised about it is I was expecting the game to be just a little bit more arcadey than what it is on there. So from my experiences, the, the cars have a lot of, uh, uh, some of the cars have a lot of weight to them in comparison to like a Burnout or a Ridge Racer or something like that. So it's something I'm going to have to get used to on that, but uh, we'll be definitely playing more multiplayer on that. So well, the flat outs were kind of like that. I played, I have, I have all the flat outs on PC. And aside from the ones that I couldn't get to configure to a controller, um, the couple of the ones that I did play on there was, it, it, it was not, it's arcadey, but it's not, <laughs> you know, you, you do it. You can't, you can't take hairpin turns at full speed and just drift around them. Uh, yeah. There is you have to apply the brake and and some things. It's it's no Gran Turismo or nothing like that. Oh, definitely it's not. Not nowhere near close to a sim, but it's not as maybe arcadey as its presentation would like you to think. Yeah, um, I would say it's more arcadey than Grid, but it's it's not. 
because I mean, grid for me is the is the benchmark for all, uh, to which all racers are measured. But it is not as arcadey as you would think it would be, and and, and that's because uh, the flat outs that I've played are like that too. So I was kind of expecting that going in. Yeah, and I'm gonna play the single player more. I've I just played multiplayer, and that's it. I think that's all you played, right, Desmond? Uh, no, no, I've played I played single player. <clears throat> and uh, oh, good deal. And got some stuff. Remember when, before we before you booted it up and started playing it. I I have been playing it for a while before um you we started playing um. Oh, that's cool. Multiplayer. Yeah, yeah again, I know. I, I enjoy the game. Like again, I I don't I don't race that much, but. You know, I really was was really getting into this one. You know, I was like, okay, this is pretty fun. You're gonna be messing with the tuning aspects and that kind of thing, Desmond, yeah. or is this? Yeah, you have to. You you kind of have to do that. Like tuning your car for each race is is something that you, you you like. It's a big part of this game. You know, you just can't you know pick a car and then just race. It's like you know every car that you have has different strengths and strengths and weaknesses. And you have to, and and you have to tune your car for the track that you're going to be racing on. If it's gravel, if it's if it's road, if it's concrete, it's just you know tar. It's 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 really like it's really kind of cool. And I don't know. There's just a lot of small nuances to the game that that I was just not expecting. Um, I was just not expecting it. I'll give it up to Bugbear, man. I'm I'm glad this finally hit console. This game's been in the works for a long time, so mm. I think I showed it to you on PC like back four years ago. I think so, Kev, on um, mm. my Steam account because this was an early access game. So, so yeah, got to give it up. But all right, sorry to interrupt your segue. No, it's fine. No, no, no I'm glad we were able to chat about it. Because if no, you guys are sure. thinking about it, you know, definitely, you know, pick it up and you can always race with us. <laughs> Have you guys done any of the demolitions? demolitions oh, so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, so much fun. Yeah. yeah, pretty much we just jumped in and then uh, whatever tracks were coming on. So some of the, you know, a, figure eight tracks and then obviously some of the more serious racing tracks. The loop-de-loop. Uh, but um, there's a loop uh, track with a loop-de-loop, Kevin. So it's like literally like you're... Uh, um, playing Hot Wheels for God's sake! So it's a lot of fun, mm. and then uh, it's funny because Joe would forget to uh, to mark himself ready uh, for the uh, for the uh, for the race, and so like when you're playing online, people can vote to kick you out. <laughs> so this one guy, <laughs> this one guy, kept trying to vote Joe out. It was hilarious. It was, just, <laughs> uh, it was like, why is this? Why is this 13 year old boy mad at you, Joe? What did you do? <laughs> It was just very funny. Yeah, uh, stuff Red like Deck. that makes me happy. We have uh, dedicated uh, chat rooms on consoles now. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to, I don't have to hear the the nonsense that probably went along with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. That's awesome. But uh, we don't have any vessel lines uh, this episode. But you can contact us at gamingvessels at gmail dot com. You'll want to send your emails there if you have any questions or uh, questions or want to just share your viewpoints on video games. Or if you would like to be on the show, you're going to want to send your email to gamingvessels at gmail.com. Our, in, our separate and uh, podcast, uh, what would you call that, uh, uh, social medias, we'll get into those uh, towards the end of the show. But... Uh, 
for now, we're going to jump into our news section. So, Trader Joe, why don't you hit folks up with the news nuggets you found for us? All right, I got a few things to kind of chew over uh, this week. Uh, well, first thing is something to do about E3 2020 on there. And so once I saw this uh, news article and uh, saw what they were talking about, uh, I'm just kind of gritting my teeth and like uh, wondering what the heck is going on with this thing. So this is a report from GameDaily.biz, but E3 2020 will be overhauled and feature a new floor plan, an industry-only day, and more on there so and rather than having just traditional boots e3 2020 will reportedly have experience hubs that will include celebrities making appearances some examples in game daily's report are the los angeles lakers playing a basketball video game and the celebrity participating in a gaming tournament on there uh esa is also planning to add additional 10,000 Gamer Pass attendees to E3 2020, which means 25,000 customers will be able to attend the show this upcoming, uh, well, next year, next E3. On that, And they said the report mentions that the E3 schedule may include an industry-only day on the first day of E3, and the two other days will include consumers on the floor. Other changes include having more paid media partnerships and engaging with more influencers and content creators. On their example of a media partnership mentioned in the presentation is a CNBC show called Tech Impact. Another big change reportedly comes as a Disney FastPass-esque system that will cut down wait lines to play demos. Um, they additionally plan to add something called Qtainment, which is marketed towards people waiting in demo lines, just like if you're at the gas station pump or something. So, all right. And in the last couple of years, publishers like EA have opted out of attending E3. Uh, Xbox presence outside the Los Angeles Convention Center this prior year, and then also PlayStation didn't attend E3 2019 on there so and looking at all the different game shows throughout the world uh gamescom had 373,000 people attend e3 2019 had a total of 66,000 people in attendance on there so they're looking to keep this show valid um i don't know if i want to go see streamers play video games and watch the la lakers play nba 2k 2021 20, <laughs> If uh, that would be worth my dollar or not, uh, they kind of showed the uh, um, example of how the um, floor plan would look like. And it's just kind of looking where I don't know if I would want to pay $300, much less $30 to attend this show. But we'll have to see what goes on. Any thoughts you guys on this thing? Uh, that's a pass for me. Like I know I want I've been I want to go to E3, but I want to go to the E3 that y'all used to go to. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's this this new iteration. Mm, I'm good. I just rather go to PAX personally. Like I had fun at PAX. I just don't think I'm gonna have fun. I don't know. This 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 like the whole influencers and like I get it. You know, I get it. That's that's a new thing. You know, now and and <clears throat> you want them there, but I don't want to see. 
you know, ninja or some other person play games. Like, I'm not going there to see them. I could sit in my recliner, and if I'm going to watch them, I just watch them on Twitch or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, like good on them for, for trying something new or trying to do something new or whatever they're trying to do. Like, good on them for trying to keep your shit fresh. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think I want to do that. Like, I'm good. I'm good. Kev? Uh, and people wonder why PlayStation ditched. Uh, I, I think these companies know. No, I think they know. They, they've been seeing the the handwriting on the wall for E3, and this is grasping at straws, in my opinion. This is exactly what it is: is grasping at straws. I would rather have them go back if they're going to do all this. I would rather have them go back. I, I think it must have been E3 from maybe seven or eight years ago. That was just, they were like, no people, no outside folk coming in at all, and they just had industry and media in there. And the one thing that I can remember from watching the um, watching the streams from back then specifically was like I was seeing a lot of like indie or smaller news media folks saying it's... It's like a ghost town here, but I'm getting way more work done. You know, people were getting from their appointments, getting from one appointment to the next with little to no hassle. They were, it was just, they were just really able to get the information that they were uh, collecting and distributed through, distributed out through their, you know, respective platforms. If they're going to do, if they're, if E3, and remember E3, that's what E3 was, is supposed to be. It's supposed to be an industry only trade event. And it's turned into something, they're trying to make it into some type of Frankenstein-ish, you know, we want a little bit of packs, we want a little bit of industry, we want a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We want you to, we want the people to give us some money and have some type of you know play day and, and and it's just really become something that I don't think it was ever intended to be um it's, it's just but, really weird yeah it's you know I've been to E3 I've been to E3 because I've been part of a um, games media back in the 90s and um, the years I didn't attend as part of media, I snuck in the show. In fact, it was super easy to get an E3 back in the 90s. We sent people to E3 with a fictional company and had uh, job titles like janitorial assistant and <laughs> stuff like that on our badges. And so it was you know, something to where even though um, E3 w- back then was an industry-only show, there was a lot of people that shouldn't have been on the floor. And then when the ESA started uh cracking down on this stuff there was even a point where uh, they moved to santa monica one year and that was something where they thought e3 would die then but it went, eventually wound up going back to the la convention center and uh, going from there but it's just it seems like it's trying to be a jack of all trades it's not wanting to be a, a solely consumer oriented show it's not solely an industry related show and i know gamescom and and tokyo game show specifically have like you know like press only days and they wanted to do the rest up uh, as far as the game floor it just seems like 
right now, E3 is going to have to prove itself as a consumer show because um, for the last couple of years, they've just released like a limited amount of tickets, $300 a piece for these stupid tickets for two days. You know, it's like um, not much bang for your buck. Definitely not really. Yeah, I went because I won tickets in a contest online uh, back in 2015. So I had the chance to go back to E3 for the first time in almost like a decade. And, um, you know, I went by myself because obviously I couldn't take my ex-wife at the time with, you know, my wife at the time, my ex-wife now with me. And uh, uh, from what I remember, I mean, I didn't want to wait in line for hours to play Nintendo games. And it's the same thing that we talked about with PAX. You know, I did get a chance to talk with some indie developers and, and some smaller games, but... You know, a trade show like PAX or something like that, you know, where it's a more, uh, you know, oriented towards the end user and, you know, doing things for the end user. Yeah, I, I think if E3 had like something where they had like in a major like fighting game tournament centralized around the event, um, that might work. I know Nintendo usually always does a exhibition with Smash Bros and uh, possibly Splatoon and. And I do appreciate Nintendo's involvement with the show too. So, but uh, I'm just seeing these like, oh, watch your favorite influencers, and like, you know, it's like oh, it's that right. just makes me want to puke. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, just just being just just being realistic about it. This, I mean, Nintendo led the way with their directs. Uh, Sony followed suit and just said, "We're just not going to go." This past year, you know, this past E3, uh, they're seeing these companies are they're they're seeing the handwriting on the wall. Uh, E3's relevance as a means of getting the information of new content out to the public, the general public, is dwindling. As more people start getting their information from more independent-oriented sites, uh. E3s, you know, at, at there was a time where, you know, E3 was where, you know, the New York Times would send somebody and, you know, the LA Times would send somebody and all these, you know, oh, and th- you know, that's where people were getting all that information from. And it's not like that anymore. The and the fact that they're, you know, hey, you're going to we're going to see hours of ninja streaming from Microsoft stage or. You know, some other guy streaming from, you know, Sony stage or whatever. None of that sounds in, enticing to me whatsoever. I, I, I tune into E3 to get news of upcoming games, upcoming consoles, upcoming gaming-related products. And that's what E3 used to be about. So if, if they're going to do all this stuff, call it something else. You know, make it, you know, market it as something else. Don't make it, you know, don't, don't, you know, just like trying to hold on to the old, the ways things used to be, but gutting everything that made it an industry only, an industry oriented event, but still calling it that, you know, it's, it's like putting a four cylinder in a Camaro. You can call it that, but it's not a Camaro anymore. You know, it's, it's. It's just weird. So hopefully they can 
hopefully they can they can either reinvent them reinvent what that event is all uh, is supposed to be go back to the roots get rid of all selling these overpriced tickets just forget about all that and just focus on making the event as convenient for those doing the reporting to possibly be like they did seven or eight years ago that I I recall where it was just industry only you know the, that way the you know the, the people don't have to spend that don't have to spend that much to keep people entertained you know watching watching video screens waiting in line in a three hour line to go play an unfinished game you know like they have in, in some gas stations in, in bigger cities is just crazy to me so I don't know well they're working I guess the what that's gonna do is just kind of like Sony's uh, app where you basically book an appointment and they kind of did that packs and did that PlayStation experience where, um, you don't queue in a line, you have to queue on an app and then make it book an appointment basically. So as difficult as, as cellular communication is in those areas, as hard as <laughs> no, that is. No, 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 Kevin, it was even worse. So basically what happened <clears throat> is they only had specific, they only had specific days and times. And so people were getting up. We had a friend of ours, who actually got up at like what was it five or six a.m. because it started at like eight or something? Or he got up super early in order to. It was eight, yeah, it was eight thirty when it queued up. Yeah, so. but then but then he basically said he watched all of the stuff go like all the times gone, 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 and it was just like these. It was just he said it was just crazy, and so he got into one. I can't remember what he got into. I think it was Luigi's Mansion or some one of them, but it was one of the ones that was like not very you know super hyped and so he was able to get in one of those but everything else was just like gone in a matter of seconds so it's like how is that how is that you know supposed to be like good for folks you know if, if you want to make an appointment but you can't even get your appointment it's just i don't know just something something needs to change you know you, in, you, in my get, opinion. You, you get rid of all that stuff and focus on making the media the the focus of your of your event that you you make it what e3 used to be about and you know if if folks you know i don't know i I don't want to stand around in in the four-hour line to play an unfinished game (laughs) you know or or a game that you or or a game and joe said this was hilarious joe was like you know oh we can stand in line, but this demo is actually on PSN right now. And I was like, dude, then why the hell are we standing in line? Like, are you serious? Like, when you said that, I was like, what? No. <laughs> no. Just... You know, and the people that are at, that are there to do reporting, they're, they're having to, to navigate this sea of people to get from one appointment to another, and it's making them difficult they should just make it focus it on on the media and and just be done with it and just re dedicate themselves to making the media the you know the focus of attention and if you want to have one day at the end you know you know pay pay you know Snoop Dogg to come in and play some game or <laughs> some LA Laker to come in and play some game at the end when all the work has been done you know, and you want to have a, a public event? Okay, that's fine. But that focus—they have got to to turn the focus of attention to the media. 
because every time I tune into a podcast from folks who have been to E3, it's always, oh man, I had to, you know, getting from one appointment to another was chaos and getting from here to there was a pain in the butt. And there's always that, but that one year where they focused on the media Everybody was happy. Everyone was, oh, I was able to get to my, I was able to get more work done than than ever before because they, they cut all that extra nonsense out. So I think that's kind of maybe what they need to do. Well, we will see. We'll see what's in the cards on here. Other news this week, uh, Namco and Japan registered quite a few Encore games and basically... Um, Encore is a subtitle that they're using uh, for remasters on there. They used it uh, for Katamari Damacy Reroll, which came out as Katamari Damacy Encore in Japan on there. So, But they registered Klonoa Encore, Mr. Driller Encore, and also Splatterhouse Encore. So, so they're thinking possibly about doing some remakes of all three of those games on uh, current gen and PC as well. So we'll have to see what comes up from that. But uh, always good to see, you know, IP from the past come up. I know when I saw that, especially Splatterhouse, maybe having a reboot or um, a remake new game in the series come out. And Klonoa, of course. Klonoa is an excellent platformer from the PS1 era. I'd be down for that, for a a new Klonoa. And Mr. Driller, I mean, Mr. Driller and the DS... One of my favorite like puzzle games for sure, man. So, so excited about this. I know you t- tweeted this out, Kev, too. So, were you some excitement about this? Uh, Klonoa. Uh, I don't have the the affinity for Splatterhouse. It. I I played the the arcade. I actually played the arcade on my uh, uh, retro pie, and it was. Eh. <laughs> and I also I don't know if you remember that Splatterhouse remake that they did for I think that was 360 and PS3 and PS3 that had a lot of potential but it fell way short in uh, at least for me in in the combat and the um, uh, the way that camera just just fighting with that camera constantly that's the one thing the two things that stick out to me with regards to that so. I was more interested in the fact that, you know, Klonoa maybe coming back as a uh, remaster or a remake, that was that that grabbed my attention. I've never played Mr. Diller or any of the other games outside of Splatterhouse on that on that list. So Yeah, the the couple other games are uh, Famicom only games from back in the day, so yeah, mm. Mr. Driller, it's not D- Diller. <laughs> oh, that's Driller. that's funny. I thought that's what I said. Driller. That's <laughs> Mr. Diller. Mr. Furley. Wasn't wasn't Diller one of the one of the uh landlords on Three's Company? Uh let's see. There's, there's uh, I know Mr. there's Mr. Furley, Mr. Roper. Mr. Roper, oh. there you go. There oh, you okay. Go. Okay. Mr. Diller, it could be a game about pickles, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just All right. stay quiet. <laughs> <laughs> And other news that kind of was a surprise this week, um, uh, Square Enix announced that they're bringing out Dragon Quest 1, 2, and 3 also to the Switch on there. Um, they're all coming out on the eShop the same day that Dragon Quest 11 comes out. So uh, Dragon Quest 1 will be $4.99, uh, Dragon Quest 2 will be $6.49, and then uh, Dragon Quest 3 would be uh, $12.49. 
on there. Uh, some people are making a stink, though, about it because after looking at the graphics on this thing, they basically Square Enix and their uh, wonderful uh, enlightenment decided to take the mobile versions of all three games and then port them over to the Switch. But, you know, the problem is is that the, on the mobile titles, they actually use the sprites from the original Famicom or a, a modified uh, version from the Super Famicom remakes on these. But they wound up taking the sprite work and, like, basically up them and they look like garbage. So a lot of people yeah. were commenting how bad they looked on there that even the mobile ports look better than the uh, Switch version that uh, came out. So Square Enix sometimes has an issue. It happened with the Chrono Trigger port that they brought out on Steam uh, eight, nine months ago that it just came out just just no curation, no thought or care to the port. They just wanted to knock it out. And so a lot of people were talking about it and I'm hoping... Uh, that they do go back in and maybe patch or update, but <laughs> knowing Square Enix, do that. probably not. Probably not. So I'm debating whether I still should buy these or check these out. I know people have been lamenting the fact that they're not being released for PlayStation 4 because they were released for those uh, for that console in Japan. On that, and uh, also possibly releasing these for pc as well so we'll see uh what they do but it's yet again square enix uh if they haven't done everything in their their power to screw up dragon quest in the (laughs) years and years of having the franchise in the west i mean we literally had to wait for nintendo to port over like nine and all the uh, DS games into English on there. They didn't want to pay for the translation themselves <laughs> on there. Um, the whole hubbub about the, you know, Dragon Quest Six never making it out on the Super Famicom back in the day, and making it out on the Super Nintendo. You know, it's just five and six never came out originally. So it's just it's a lot, a lot of. Uh, Dropping the ball on here, so but we'll we'll see what happens with this. I'll I'll let you guys know. I'm the Dragon Quest fanatic on this show, so we'll see if they update on there. I mean, I probably would prefer there's extra content in the Dragon Quest Three port on Game Boy Color that still is not either in the mobile ports, <laughs> and also it might be something to go back and just play that. Grab my cart, and go at it. So. And also, um, for those of you who have been... We talked about this game on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago, but Code Vein, uh, the demo that's out right now on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, uh, Bando Namkai actually went and updated the demo uh, a couple of days ago on there. So, and they went ahead and added a new playable zone called Depths Town of Sacrifice, a special zone that will let players fight against previously defeated bosses. On there, and they also added co-op multiplayer on that, so you could uh, play the game with your with friends out there. So if you're still on the fence about Code Vein, you're interested in it, uh, definitely check out. The game does come out on September 27th on there, so if you do want to check the multiplayer component for the game, uh, download it now. It's available for uh, PS4, Xbox One, and PC on that uh now that the multiplayer is in the demo, any of you two maybe want to check that out with uh, sure. with me, possibly? Sure. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds good. Maybe we'll play it on our game night coming up uh, next uh, this 
upcoming Saturday. So just keep that in mind too. So, all right. And then another game caught my eye looking for news. And so uh, we talk about how much we love old school side scrolling beat em ups on here. So there is a new game called Fight and Rage on there. It first launched for PC in September 2017. So it's been out for a couple of years on PC, but it's coming out for Switch. On September 26th, Xbox One on September 27th, and PlayStation 4 is coming out, quote-unquote, soon on there. So, Fight and Rage is an old-school side-scroller beat-em-up. It's inspired by old 90s arcade gems on there. Um, there's a, a explosive combo system, a lot of combinations on there. They want to make the game easy to play but hard to master. Local co-op up to three players. An optional friendly fire. Thank God they made friendly fire optional, <laughs> if need be. On there, a lot of unlockables. Um, you can play as enemies. Uh, you can unlock that eventually on there. They do have a training mode on there. Um, and then one of the uh, <laughs> benefits of this game, they have fully skippable cutscenes. So you can fast forward or hit a button to skip a cutscene. So... <laughs> Maybe you can make your cutscene better, but the story of the game talks about where Earth was devastated by mutants who took control after a worldwide catastrophic event known as the Big Pulse uh, put it into all electronic technology on the planet on there. So humans are now enslaved by mutants led by the boss in a world ruled by the law of the jungle. And so you play as two humans and a mutant rebel on there. So you play... As Gal, a girl who escaped from the traitors of humans. <laughs> so it's like expert. Guy, but it's Gal. <laughs> it's Gal, yes. She's oh, an expert Lord. at her own kickboxing derived martial art on there. So, And then also they have a uh, ninja named F. Norris. So Frank Norris. <laughs> a runaway ninja whose past is a mystery. is the one who mastered the ninjutsu style known as the Forbidden Technique on there so he's pretty fragile compared to gal and the other character but he has a great combination of reach power and speed on there and then your third playable character is ricardo who is a um, minotaur human rights activist and a powerful wrestler (laughs) (laughs) he's not very fast and his technique isn't as good as his comrades but he has a long reach and his power and endurance are amazing he's capable of destroying any men any enemies in record time so i love that he's a minotaur human rights activist he's against against the enslavement of humans by the um rampant animal mutant creatures that <laughs> encompass this world so um yeah keep an eye out he for a that woke minotaur <laughs> <laughs> you straight woke so <laughs> So keep an eye out for that. That's coming out next week. I'm not sure if it's that's going to be on my radar because we all play on PS4, but you know we'll see when it comes out for PS4. But it's coming out P- Xbox pretty soon. We'll take a look out for that. And then also too, um, there was a vid doc come out for um, Destiny 2 Shadowkeep on there, and they talked about a few things. We're going to have a kind of a show about Shadowkeep in a couple weeks with uh, our friend Rachel on there, but we want to kind of cover at least what they talked about in the vid doc a little bit on there. So, and what they explained there is that uh, the season of the undying runs alongside Shadowkeep, 
and they hope to resolve a small portion of the story later on this year with a few twists on there. Um, and then they talked about that Shadow Keep's not just a destination with a new set of missions, it's a transition for the entire solar system and how you play the entire game on there. I wasn't aware, but I was talking with uh, Jason and Rachel last night, and they're intending on bringing everything in your vault up to level 275, and it includes weapons and also armor as well. So, so everything's being leveled up with this uh, new expansion on there. So, and they stated with the um, Shadow Keep story that um, season 11 on there, which is going to be the end of Shadow Keep at the end of the year, will conclude the year-long story. So, there's going to be a conclusion to this, but the conclusion to the story is not going to happen until the last DLC drops later on next year on there. So, it's just something they haven't done for the game on there because they usually will wrap up a story within the same season usually on that so and then they mention also shadow keep does have a new three-player dungeon on there this dungeon's going to arrive on october 29th and it has a new pvp mode and an exotic quest that's involved with that as well so we'll have to keep an eye out but definitely check out the vid doc kind of find out a little bit more about the game on there i did pre-order it so i will be Hopefully not sitting on my hands and playing it right away once it does come out and getting back to Destiny 2. But uh, any thoughts you two on this at all? Um, like I said, I'm my I'm on I'm in a holding pattern with regards to Destiny's uh, Shadowfall update. I need to I need to see or hear or a combination of the two a full review of everything you're going to be doing. Because the season of opulence was just boring and not fun in any way, shape, or form to me. And I I say that as not as someone who has thoroughly enjoyed the Destiny franchise. Uh, for the most part, I don't do raids. I, I'm not into raids. I just want to shoot aliens in the face. And without having to stand on a magic circle and wait for something to happen, for a shield to drop and... You know, another guardian to scratch his butt. Well, you know, <laughs> to make something else happen in order that you kill the boss. I, that just doesn't just never really appeal to me from a first person perspective. Um, you know, so I'll, I can I can never mind the rage, but everything else, um, even the multiplayer to a certain extent, uh, has been thoroughly enjoyable, but this last season of opulence was just straight trash at least for me um so i'm going to have to see what shadow keep is all about and before i put down my money and and, and you know what even if, if shadow keep is not what i want i'm i've got my money's worth out of the destiny's franchise so i can't say that oh man you know it, it hasn't been fun at all it's been a lot of fun uh, so if shadow keep is not for me, then, and I will just say it was, it was, I had my, I got my money's worth, no ill will, you know, I'll holler at you when D when D three comes out, if ever. Oh, yeah, I, saw... I have to kind of agree. Didn't mean to cut you off, uh, Joe, but yeah, I kind of have to agree. Like <clears throat> I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably, I'll probably pick it up and start playing when Kev starts playing. <laughs> and if Kev doesn't play, well, 
I don't know, you know. Well, I would pretty much say to you guy, both you guys is that uh, if you want to come over and once I have it on my PS4 and load up your save and, you know, play off of my system to be able to, you know, see as far as checking the content out, be my guest on there, you know, come on over on there. I'd love for us to get a better idea about the about the game and then we'll talk about it in two weeks on this show a little bit when we kind of you know go into the in the weeds a little bit talking about it so i'd love to give you guys at least a little viewpoint of it so yeah but i mean the the real meat of the game of destiny really doesn't come into play until the end game and that's what you know that's my issue you know if the things that you're doing i mean Season of Opulence was different. I didn't like it from the from the jump. You know, the first the first time I did the Opulence rooms or whatever whatever they call them things in the uh, in the uh, that giant space slug or whatever whatever thing that you're in, uh, I didn't enjoy any of that at any point. <laughs> it was just not fun. But, you know, I I need to know what kind of gear I'm going to be getting. I need to know what kind of weapons I'm going to be getting. What's, you know, are there there going to be changes to the uh, currency system? Is there going to be changes to uh, uh, what I can actually do to the the weapons I'm getting? Am I going to be able to uh, uh, curtail them or change their perks to better fit the type of play style that I like to utilize or better, you you know, change them to be more effective against a certain enemy before I go into a mission. You know, I I need to see all of that. And, you know, just, you know, playing a small section of that, because I already know it's going to play great mechanically. I've been saying for for a long time that Destiny is the best shooter, first person shooter you can find on at least on console. Um, it, it it just feels great. Bungie is great at getting that first person shooting aspect in a sci-fi environment down. Um, you know the difference between a Jade Rabbit and a Midas scout and a Midas scout rifle just by shooting them. You don't even you wouldn't even need to see them. You you just feel and hear the differences in those weapons and and I think they're Bungie's brilliant at that type of thing. But I think the actual activities is where they've fallen really really short uh with this last update and I I I just <laughs> I just really need to see a complete and if that means I I just I'm going to have to spoil myself on the actual story um I'm willing to do that just to see that the entire scope of the content uh, is something that I would be interested in playing. So, all right, sounds like uh, I'll definitely play as much as I can. That way, I'll let you guys know how it goes on there for sure. I, I've taken a uh, quite a bit of a break from the game uh, on there, so I don't even have any input as far as season opulence whatsoever. I cut off right before uh, Gambit Prime kind of started, so. Just like middle of the year on that. So, all right. And then to conclude our news for today's episode, uh, SNK, we talked about the arcade 
Retro Stick, uh, they did finally announce the 20-game lineup for the uh, stick, and it's basically almost all fighting games on here. So uh, you got King of Fighters 95, 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2002, uh, Fatal Fury Special, and Fatal Fury 3, uh, Guru, Mark of the Wolves, uh, Samurai Showdown 2, 3, 4, and 5 Special, Art of Fighting, uh, World Heroes 2, 2 Jet, and Perfect, Ninja Masters, Last Blade 2, and Kazuna Encounter is your 20 games on there. Uh, I think you mentioned, Kevin, on Twitter, and I would say so as well. I think the uh, um, you know, leaving out Real Bout, you know, all the Real Bout games, kind of sad panda face. Uh, Fatal Fury 3, um, I think, plays kind of slow compared to mm-hmm. Real Bout, and I never really liked that game. Uh, version of the game. I played a little bit, but uh, you know, Fatal Fury 3 kind of introduces some of the characters like Bob Wilson and uh, uh, Franco Bash and all the you know real bout um, characters uh, from here on out. But it's just like the first game in the series uh, for those characters, and kind of plays sluggish in comparison to the real bout, real bout special, real bout mm-hmm. two. So the only, only thing I think it's kind of holding back and Fatal Fury special is cool, but I would love to see Fatal Fury two instead. So, but, um, acting like a game snob over here. So <laughs> I would actually concur. Um, uh, the, uh, real bout games being missing off this list. Uh, it's probably going to make me not buy this. <laughs> I, I, I gotta be honest. Um, even though it has Mark of the Wolves, which is probably one of my favorite fighting games, fighting game, if not my favorite fighting game ever, um, with the exception of uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. But even with it, even even with with Mark of the Wolves, I got Mark of the Wolves on so many different platforms. It's not even funny. So if I want to play it, I can play it. <laughs> A number of different ways. So, um, also looking at like art of fighting, um, I can. They should have had art of fighting too in there as well, in my opinion. Um, I played some of art of fighting, the original, and it was okay. But I thought that the overall uh, aesthetic that they were going for, you know, seeing people's, you know, jaws swell up and, you know, showing battle damage and all that, uh, improving your move inputs. I think they did a much better job in the sequel to Art of Fighting, just my opinion. So I would have liked to have seen that in there. Uh, World Heroes, I mean, I... I thought, I think World Heroes is fun, but if I could, if I could, if, if... Space has to be made somewhere. <laughs> you know, y- y'all can drop a couple of those world heroes and uh, replace them with some real bouts and art of fighting too. Um, that's just that's just my perspective. But uh, I was really looking forward to this it? product. Say it again, Kevin. I'm sorry. I, I was really looking forward to this product. Uh, I was really getting really wanted to buy it. Um, not that I can't play most or all of these games in on other platforms. I, I mean, obviously I can, but the way that this that that this unit is set up, it's just really convenient. You know, like I can see, you know, 
it it would make getting together for like you know fight nights for SNK focused fight nights really convenient and really easy. Uh, you can link two units together for for two player fight local fights. You can connect the unit to the Neo Geo Mini. You can connect it to your TV or monitor. Uh, you can use it as a straight up arcade stick on your PC. You know, I, I think there's a lot, and you can also uh, change the uh, the joystick, uh, the at least the ball top, uh, without opening the case. I'm hoping that you can do a full swap uh, of the arcades of the arcade stick itself, uh, fairly easy. But if not, you know, I, that that could that that, you know, I'm sure I'm sure it's functional, serviceable. Uh, for what it is, you know, connecting the mini pads from the uh, mini mini uh, Neo Geo mini units to onto it, so you can connect and play. Use the pads as a player too, or it, I think it's really it was really well thought out on the functionality end, uh, but the lacking real bout particularly that's 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 kind of sort of the hill that i think i'm i'm going to die on with regards to this thing uh real not real bout is an issue for me if you buy a mini the real bout's on the mini but i don't know if you want to buy a mini on top of buying the stick so no i wouldn't (laughs) it should have been in it should have been in the in this i mean the, the way i look at it it's so I gotta buy, you know, if I really want to play real bout, like I said, I I've got many avenues in which to do that. So yeah, you could probably hook that up to a PC and do it that way. But you know, I don't know if you want to go through the trouble of doing all that business. So I, was, I got it on <clears throat> RetroPie. Excuse me, I was actually interested in some of the stuff. Like again, the one thing that you bring up, Kev, that makes like perfect sense is like a lot of the stuff is already on other. Other platforms and other ways you can get it. Having it centralized in one place is pretty good, but again, you know, I, I just don't know if it's really necessary. So, but hey, you know, collectors out there be collecting, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really like the idea behind it, but uh, it's just like the more I the more I look at this list, the more I'm like, why isn't real bout at least one? <laughs> you know, at least if you're going to give me at least give me real bout special, at least real bout special, at least that one. But so anyway, <laughs> oh, we'll have to see the price yeah. on this thing too. If it's affordable, I might think about it. You know, I do have a Neo Geo Mini. I haven't even fired up yet, so it might be something where the stick might be something cool to play Metal Slug with as well. So. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see we'll see how deep I go with this you know so and uh, that does conclude our news section. Um, I just want to let you guys know too that next week look forward to PlayStation State of Play that will be on the twenty fourth of September. There's going to be uh, information about The Last of Us too, but there's going to be uh, new game reveals, new content from PlayStation Worldwide Studios, and a host of other updates on there. On there, I know Last of Us Part Two will be included in that broadcast. On there, just to keep that in mind. So, so something to talk about next week on there. So, any of you guys have thoughts once that state of play hits? Uh, feel free to hit us up on our usual um, connections, usually on our Twitter handle at gaming uh, gamer <laughs> gaming vessels. 
uh, on Twitter and then also uh, through email at uh, gamingvessels at gmail.com. So. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to, with that, we're going to go into uh, our social media contacts. Uh, you can reach me at shownuff 71 on Twitter. That's S-H-O-N-U-F-F, the number 71. PlayStation Network, I am shownuff 7 same spelling with the number 7. On Xbox Live, I am shownuff 71 again, same spelling with 71 and on Steam, I am shownuff 71 uh, same spelling as my Twitter handle. Uh, Trader Joe, where can the folks reach you on social media? Uh, on social media, you can reach me on Twitter at Joe Fongul, J-O-E-F-O-N-G-U-L. On there, I'm also on Facebook, uh, but yeah, basically communicating on Twitter for the most part. Um, PSN, I am my handle on PSN and Nintendo Network. And Steam are all under Kamunagara, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A. I'm also on Xbox. I am Mr. Fongul, Keppel, M-R, Keppel, F-O-N-G-U-L. I'll be looking to play Gears coming up on Xbox and firing that bad boy up so I can get some value out of my Games Pass. We'll see. So, And Dez, where can the folks get a hold of you? You can find me on uh, PSN at uh, Nemo Tigger, N E M O T G G R. You can find me on Twitter at the Nemo Six. That's uh, the word six, S I X, not the number. All right, and uh, well, that will bring episode eight, season five, to a close. Oh, before we oh. go, though, want to All say right. we do game nights. So, okay. if you want to join us for a game night on PSN. Uh, we are on, um, we're, we're trying to do them on Saturday night, starting at five uh, Pacific standard time. So if you would like to play with us or hang out with us, chat about games, please, you know, let us know. You can, uh, we always do, if you're following us on Twitter, we always do a little Twitter, uh, blast, let folks know, uh, when we're going to be starting. Yeah, I'm not actually running as an event this time and actually was pretty surprised. So, and also, Feel free to, if you want to, on PSN to join our community, too. I know a lot of people don't use that function, but, you know, hey, if we get enough interest and enough people, who knows? Maybe we'll communicate via that method as well. So, Okay. All righty, then. So thank you for tuning in to Season 5, Episode 8. For Des, the Bay Area Terror, and for Trader Joe, a.k.a. the Food Max of Gaming, who will help maximize your gaming dollar, I am Kevin, a.k.a. Shonuff71, signing out, and we will be back next time. Peace!